Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. Billy Graham once said that the next great move of God, he believed, would be among Christians in the marketplace. We believe that too. We want to be a part of it, and we want to help equip and inspire you to do the same. So please follow us on socials at Expert Ownership. If you haven't been to our website yet, check it out, expertownership.com. But we are excited about what God is going to speak through us to you today. Here we go. Welcome back to Expert Ownership. Today is a special episode as we wrap up 2021. We hope you've had an eventful year. We know we sure have here at Expert Ownership with the team. And before we jump in, I just want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Christian Healthcare Ministries, CHM for short. And if you want more information about insurance alternatives, you can visit us at expertownership.com slash CHM. This is the same insurance alternative that David and Jason Benham have been using for the last 18 years. And it's frankly not even insurance. It's actually a ministry where they help share some of the medical bill burdens that many of us experience when we're entrepreneurs and we try to sort out how exactly we ought to handle this. This is a great option. And if you're looking for an opportunity to find a program that would work well for you, Go visit us at expertownership.com slash chm and learn more about a program that fits you and your family's needs. Okay, the special episode for today, what we're doing is the same thing that you see in many of the podcasts or even some of the countdowns if you're on Spotify or on Apple Music or on Pandora like Sam, our producer, is a countdown of some of the favorite songs or most listened to songs for the year. Well, we're going to do the same thing here in podcast format, and we're going to give you some of our favorite moments and segments from the year's podcast. So today will be a collection put together by none other than Sam Wise Gamgee himself, our producer, of some of the moments that we either got the best feedback on or we felt like might have been the most helpful for different entrepreneurs as we're helping launch people into greater freedom and success. And just as a reminder, as 2021 comes to an end, I hope you're already preparing for 22. You're coming up with plans. You're trusting God. You're listening like never before, trying to figure out what is it that 2022 has in store for me? What am I going to be doing that maybe I have never done before? And how am I going to approach it differently this year so that I can actually see some different results this year in 22? All right, with that said, hope you enjoy this best of 2021 from the Expert Ownership Podcast. Okay, the Christian entrepreneur. So there's a lot of Christian business people out there, and I want them to be doing great things for the kingdom. But what's different about Expert Ownership in terms of what we're teaching? Because a lot of people have really good best practices, they've got good tactics, and they bring all of this to the table and they can go sell it. They can sell a class or they can sell a, an online community or even just some coaching. But what's different here that feels different than I could get from a best-selling author or from anybody who's holding a conference or an event that I can attend? Yeah. Well, I'll jump in. Sure. Am I okay? Let me just jump in. You're, okay. you're, you're allowed to. Go ahead. No, but I, but I want to be interrupted because I like the flow of thought. But <laughs> anyway, according to scripture, it's always mindset before methods. It's principles before practicals, but even before principles, it's presence. It's the presence of God in your life. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If you took an 8 by 11 sheet of paper and drew a line down the middle of it, and on the left side you wrote everything that God cares for, everything that God has an answer for, everything that God can take care of, and on the right side write everything that God doesn't care about, everything that God doesn't have an answer for, and everything that God cannot take care of, what would you write on the right side of the page? business, politics, right? Right. That's kind of what we've done. We've created this sacred secular dichotomy. 
happen. It's not just us. It's it's the scripture. It's the Holy Spirit. It's a lot of people, but we're defining it inside of expert ownership. God cares about it all. Billy Graham said before he died, the next great move of God is going to take place amongst believers in the marketplace. Okay. With expert ownership, we want to see that great move take place. We want to see revival take place in the world. We want to see a great awakening like we've never seen before. And we really want to encourage Christians to be bold in business when it's just a crazy world right now. And you'll get that through expert ownership. That's right. And we've got ambitious goals. I mean, when we were talking about this in a planning meeting and we said, do we believe that we can see 1 million expert owners by the year 2025? Yeah. Mm. So yeah. The answer is yes. Your brand is often not what you think about you. It's what other people think about you. Oh, that's good. And so as you're actually thinking, okay, I want to build my brand. Well, you unfortunately don't get to make that decision, but you can highly influence people's opinion of you. So in, in many ways, you can think about your brand being like your reputation, right? When you walk out yeah. of the room, somebody's got an opinion about you. They're going to say something about you. And hopefully the thing that they say to describe you to somebody else is the thing that you want them to say. Here's what it ends up being a collection of the best experience they've had with your company or your platform. Some of you are aspiring social media influencers and you're building a platform. Well, the best post they've seen, that contributes to your brand. The worst post they've seen contributes mm -hmm. to your brand. The best product or service that you offer, worst product or service, best employee experience, worst employee experience, all of that collectively contributes to your brand. What people end up feeling most of the time is, you know, I just want to brand that. And I say, great. So reverse engineer that. When you actually build your brand, think about, what is it that you want to be perceived as, per perceived as yeah, you yeah, in it. the minds of others, and then reverse engineer how you build that? You want people to think about your brand as an integrous brand. So Samwise, our producer, came up here and said, well, it may lack a little bit of integrity when it comes mm -hmm. to these hacks. Maybe, maybe they don't. But if you want to be an integrous brand, figure out how the experiences people have with you will be integrity experiences. Mm -hmm. The hard part is... If you have a negative experience with somebody, it usually weighs about twice as much as a positive experience. Yeah. yeah. Which is why reviews right now online. Huge. Yeah. This is a big money business and for people saying, hey, leave me a review. Please leave a good one. And this yeah. is where we would say is the most important thing for discipleship. Yes. Because remember, we're talking to faith-filled entrepreneurs, and our goal is to help launch you into greater freedom and success. So your brand is everything. If you are known as an over-deliverer, well, then you are showing that you're following Christ's teaching. When he teaches, go the second mile. When somebody asks you to go one mile, go two. So it's like get into the habit of over-delivering. If you don't do a good job and you've got a crappy brand, doggone it, you have just done a terrible job in terms of discipling people and showing people what Jesus looks like. But I do love that about the brand, that our aspiration is to say if we can help equip people, help build them up, and create or help create, facilitate, play a part, and people becoming kingdom-minded entrepreneurs, I think we're doing exactly what God gave us an assignment to go do. Yeah, for us. And so for those that are listening, what would you say as the brand expert? For those that are listening, how do they apply this directly to themselves? So I would, their think, I would think through as you're building your brand, what do I want people to think, feel, and do when they have an experience with my brand? Because again, if you think about this big picture and zoom out a little bit, you're always thinking, I'm a part in helping somebody become a certain type of person. So when they come into contact with expert ownership, what do we want them to think, feel, and do? We want them to think that they're capable. We want them to feel like I've got the confidence to go do this. What do we want them to do? Go do kingdom building work that's not purely motivated just by financial gain. We hope that's a part of it, but that can't be the only thing. That means yeah. this is the end of the road if this is just about making money for you. So think, feel, and do. That'd be the next best place for you to go if you're thinking, how do I build this brand or strengthen this brand over time? Jason is the most OCD person 
on the face of the earth when we no, would have Christmas. No, true. just just let me talk. So we'd have Christmas, and Jason would get all of his gifts, and he would set them methodically, like one inch spacing next to his bed, and I wasn't allowed to touch anything. Now I'd throw my stuff on my bed. Now I'm not a sloppy person, but Jason is like no so OCD. So just hold on, I'm almost you, done. I got to say something. You will never You will never step into his truck when it's not absolutely pristine. His yard is always striped perfectly. I'll go to his house. Like he, as a matter of fact, he blew off his driveway. He's got a long driveway and a big circle driveway. It's long. It's like a half mile at the at the end of the day altogether. No, not not really that long, but it feels like it. So he blows off his driveway, and he's got lawn people that handle all this for him. And so Jason, they, they went to Allie, his oldest daughter's graduation, not graduation, it was Trey's graduation. And so Jason calls me. I'm at my house. He's already blown his driveway. I'm at my house, and he's like, dude, everybody's going to be at my house in 10 minutes because they're having this big party. Grab your blower and go down there and blow my driveway. I'm like, you already blew your driveway. He's like, no, go blow it again. It's like, that's, that and is so meticulous. The moral of the story is that David did it because he knew he couldn't. <laughs> he knew he couldn't mess with me. I did it because I'm kind, hey. and I did it for Trey. Hey, that OCD part of you is part of what I love about you. It's also why I eat saltines in the back of your truck secretly. Yeah, um, that, yeah that's not going to happen. Not Jason would hate everywhere. that. Crumbs. Yeah, he would well, honestly tell you, Larry, get out or take your hand and swipe those things out of here. No, I wouldn't. Yes, what I would, would do is I would drink a gallon of milk, and because I'm lactose intolerant, and then I would go sit in his truck and leave a few things. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I to, would do. To our listeners at home, catch us on social media for images of Jason drinking milk later today. Go mad, gallon of milk a day. <laughs> All right, you'll gain weight. Okay, okay let's get what, back to the business. Yes. So value delivery. Yeah. The key for your business is to be deliberate and intentional about the value that you are delivering. So most people on the front end end up stumbling into this because they don't realize, one, on the front end, what it is that my customer actually wants. So they end up taking the data points from starting a business or standing up a business, listening to people's feedback, and starting to discover, oh, wow, what they like about us isn't exactly what we thought it was. Mm. So in, off, in, in many instances like ours with expert ownership, we're trying to deliver, let's just say, content. We're making it convenient for you to curate all this content. Hopefully, it's content that helps you build your business, do it in a godly manner, and do it with people who are very similar to you in the way that they think about approaching business. I want to uphold godly principles, biblical principles. I want to treat people fairly and kindly, but I also want to be successful. Well, those people don't always start thinking with, okay, what's the value I want to deliver? They do think about a problem I'm solving, but that value gets refined more and more over time, and people start to discover what people like about us is, one, that we're bold, two, that we're speaking very directly, and we're being prescriptive about what it is that people can do. Because sometimes they don't need another encouragement to say, love God and stand yeah. with boldness for him. How? Yeah. How do I do that? How, how do I do, I in, the middle, do in the middle of this culture? You know, it's funny because even whole value delivery, and I know Jason will jump into some practicals here in a minute, but we're in cancel culture straight up. Yes, it is so awesome in Scripture. The New Testament is very clear in Paul's writings where he says, look, if you're going to suffer, suffer as people that do good things, right? It's like, in other words, when I stand in front of a county commission or city council, I usually stand and say, I represent X dollars of gross revenue to this you know, city and X amount of jobs and X amount of tax base, right? Because I'm bringing value. And by the way, you want to listen to what I have to say. I stand against this, you know, ungodly, whatever the statute might be. 
But when we're bringing real value to the community, when we're actually truly helping people, whatever it may be that your service or your good brings to people and you do it with excellence, then there is an army of people that actually will come alongside you when cancel culture targets you because you want to exercise your conscience over whether you choose to get vaccinated or not, or whether you want to uh, go to a gay pride event or not right? It's like, I'm a print company and they're telling me I got to print flyers for the gay pride event. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. That's, you know, this is a family owned business. I'm not going to do that. Well, if you're bringing real value and you're blessing your customers with the value that you're delivering to them on a consistent basis. And as we would say, always deliver more in value than you take and pay, find very consistent, easy ways to do that. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But when you're doing that, you have people that come alongside you and say, wait, hold on a second. Why target him? He's been in this community forever. You know, so it's an exciting thing that value delivery even plays in the midst of our culture. But remember, the expert ownership way is that we have to turn prospects into purchasers into promoters. So that little three-step phase is what will make you an expert owner, and it will help you build a bulletproof business, which is a very good thing to have, where you take your prospects, you turn them into purchasers through your marketing and your sales. You take those purchasers, you turn them into promoters through your value delivery. And when we talk about value delivery, we say that people buy because their expectation is high, right? So you have to set that expectation and the expectation has to be high. That's where your marketing comes in. That's where your sales and a good brand comes in. We've talked about those things. But if you want to move people into promoters, right? And not pessimists, then you have to exceed those expectations that were already set. You can't just meet them. You have to exceed them. If you meet the need that the customer is paying you for, They'll probably buy from you again, but that's not enough. You want them to tell everybody that they know about what they just bought from you, right? That means you've moved them from a purchaser to a promoter, and the only way to do that is to exceed expectations. And for many business owners, they have an inventory of value that they want to give to their customers, but they don't have the discipline or the self-control to hold some of it back to create an experience over time because it's like, I've got 10 things I want to put in front of you. Have it all. We love you. We think you're the best. And it's not the best way to service your customers because they can't ingest or they can't handle all of that value at one time. That's exactly so right. So bite-sized modules. It creates cognitive dissonance. And you have to be able to have something held back so that you can exceed their expectations. And yes. I got firsthand experience in this the first time I bought a pair of shoes from Zappos. Now, what I know now that I didn't know then is they have an internal protocol that's next day delivery. But that's not the advertising. Their advertising is, you know, you can just do what standard delivery is two to two to three days or whatever. And so then I bought the shoes. I just did standard delivery. I got them the next day. And I think I vaguely remember opening it up and it said something. We didn't want you to have to wait. You know, like, isn't it nice to have your shoes quicker than what you thought? And that was the exceeded expectation. And what happens there is they're guiding you emotionally. That's why it's so memorable. So try to figure out ways. You can be creative and figure out ways to engage someone's senses. But then when you exceed that expectation, that's value delivery. And what would be great though, Larry, is if we were judged on the basis of our value creation and not our values. I love that. Say that again and then take 30 seconds and break that down. If we as business owners could be judged on the basis of our value creation and not our values, right? Like I value the Bible, I value God's definition of marriage between a man and a woman. I value that. I also sell real estate. And David and I became two of the best in the country at selling real estate. That's why we got an HGTV reality show. But we got fired because of our values in valuing marriage between a man and a woman. What does that have to do with the way that I sell real estate? 
right? This is the crazy culture, culture that we're in the middle of right now. So we talk about value creation, but we talk about it in the midst of needing to build yourself bulletproof. That's right. But because the, the cool thing is, this is like the divine paradox, our value delivery is directly related to our value. Every human being was created in God's image. I don't care where you stand politically. I don't care wh whether you have gender confusion or not. I don't care any of that stuff, none of that. You're still creating God's image, and I'm going to deliver incredible value to you, right? It's because that's my worldview, and it's those values that actually undergird our value delivery. And when you think about you know, having the right team in place and then leading that team, was it Alexander the Great, Jason, that said, I don't fear an yeah. army of lions led by sheep? Yeah, I fear an army of sheep led by a lion. Yeah. Right? Like a lion is not just a, you know, he's not just sitting around and, you know, living the luxurious life. I mean, he's actually got a pride. He's taking care of it. And when danger comes around, he roars. You know, he's like, it's like this whole idea, especially in today's but, cancel culture. But you've got to know. Real leaders have to speak from truth what's in their heart. It says in scripture, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that type of humility, and then the servant attitude. If you want to be great, you have to become a servant. Like even John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. Now, there's a lot of Christian entrepreneurs and influencers and even pastors to a certain extent that flip that around. It's like, I must increase so that Christ can increase. And it's like, it's the complete opposite, right? So that's why being a kingdom entrepreneur in terms of leadership is really the opposite of the world system. And that will resonate in the hearts of the people that do business with you. It'll resonate in the hearts of your team, and it will resonate in the hearts of the people in your home. Well, and you can see this, all of us growing up as kids and then seeing it in our own kids, is that the things that are caught are far more impactful than the things that are taught. The things that you, your kids, your team, your vendors catch you doing is an outpouring of who you are as a person. That's what will ultimately create an appetite. It's it doesn't really matter what you teach yeah, them. Well, I mean, you need to teach them. But now we get this. You you said an appetite for God's word. Obviously, David and I we've always said part of our shtick, part of the thing that makes us tick, is that we built all of our businesses and amassed all of our wealth on the principles of the scripture. So devouring the scripture didn't just help us spiritually, but it helped us financially in a great way. Now, whether or not God does that with you, it whatever, whatever God's plan is for you, but we applied those principles and they worked. We get this whole concept of leadership is the ability to create an appetite in those who follow you out of the scripture. So for us, we woke up every single morning as kids finding my dad either on his knees in front of the couch praying or sitting on his green stool in the kitchen reading his Bible. And that began to create an appetite in us. And so later in life, like you know, later in our teenage years, we started reading the Bible for ourselves. And ultimately, applying those principles brought the business and financial success that, that came yeah. our way. From having the mindset of Jesus at 29, he was just as much a minister at 29 as he was at 30. He was just in two different profit models. One was for-profit, one was non-profit. Where you're placed and how you're paid doesn't determine the minister. It's about your passion for Jesus and his presence in your life. Money is not our source of sustainability. God is. Money just represents our source of sustainability. And that being the case, because we place our trust, our faith, and our hope in God and not in the money that we have, if that's the case, then money is going to be two things for us. It's going to do two things. One, it's a carrot that gets us moving in the direction God wants us to go. Right? Correct. I would not be doing expert ownership if I did not have, me and David both, did not have a financial model attached to it. If, we, if it was just 100% free 
and and it what we didn't have it set up in a nonprofit model, but it was a hundred percent free. And I had to create a book and content and all the stuff that we do and courses and community and all the stuff that we do for expert ownership. If it was free, I would not be doing it. That's right. I would stay in real estate, right? But David and I felt as though God wanted us to get in and help people know how to build, grow, scale businesses for the kingdom of God. And in order to do that, we had to create an economic model around it. Remember Jesus at 29, he didn't go and work on people's houses for no money. He went and made money. He got paid. So money first is a carrot that gets you moving in a certain direction. So because there's the promise of money, that's the thing that gets you moving in that direction. And there's nothing wrong with that because God created you to care about your sustainability. You just can't see that as your source. Now, once you've moved in that direction, then money no, no longer becomes the object. So now that God got us into a, kind of the knowledge economy where we're sharing our knowledge with people through expert ownership and we're making money doing it, now money is no longer my motivator. It got me moving in that direction, but I'm not motivated by money now. I'm motivated by transformation in people's lives. God wants us to be producers, not consumers. We consume a portion, but we are to be producers. We're to be fountains, not drains. We're to be blessings, not burdens. And the only way to do that is when you work with your hands. Specifically, it doesn't mean you have to be a, a, a farmer. Farmer, exactly. But you're working. And what does that work do? It yields something. What is that something? Money. What does that money represent? It represents food, clothing, shelter. Yeah. Okay. Your ability to continue to do the things that God wants you to do. Exactly. And so the Apostle Paul then, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, instructs the young men be diligent to work with your hands. If a man doesn't work, a man should not eat. Eat. We learned about that in the story of the pilgrims. And if you didn't hear that episode, you got to go back and listen to our Thanksgiving episode on how the pilgrims tried to do it differently. They tried this whole communal system. Communal system. It didn't work when they applied biblical truth to everybody owning their parcel of land and everybody working diligently with their own hands. It exploded into production, and what we now know as the American experiment. So this let, is what it was. Let me let me get back into money being the carrot that gets you moving in a certain direction. If Part I, two. If I have the ability to mow a lawn and I'm really good at it, I know how to edge up the sides real well. I know how to stripe the lawn and all that kind of stuff. What determines which lawns I mow? Right? Yeah. Do I just go out and just start mowing people's lawns? Well, no. What determines it is where can I make money and That's who's right. willing to pay me to mow their lawn. Now, let's say money is that carrot. So now I know that this house at 123 Apple Street is willing to pay me to mow their lawn. And I go out there and I say, you know what? It's going to cost you 80 bucks because it's decent size lawn. But I get out there and once I do, I realize, oh shoot, I forgot that they've got this section over here that they own. And it's actually more like 160 bucks, but I've already quoted them 80 right now. I'm there because money was the carrot that got me there. Right now I have a decision to make. I can either do an $80 job or I can do a $160 job and collect 80 bucks. Now, money was the carrot that got me there, but money is not the carrot that keeps me there. Because you, you there. work according to your ability and not according to your pay, I do $160 and I collect 80 bucks. Okay, now, money was the carrot that got me there. That's the first facet of money. Secondly, money is the measuring stick that tells me whether or not I should go back. Okay. Now, I get done. I did a $160 job on that lawn. I collect $80. As I'm leaving, I say to myself, I'm not going back to that lawn unless, unless I get 160 bucks." right? Right. So it's the carrot that got me there, but it's also a measuring stick that's going to tell me whether or not I should come back. And when we work like that and we recognize that that's the facet that money plays 
in our work because while I'm there, if I do a $160 job, I collect 80, you know what that homeowner is going to love me. Love you. Love me. And want you to come and back they're for gonna 80. they're going to say, can you come back? And I'm like, you know what? I actually messed up my bid, but I honored my price. And therefore, the next time I come out, it's going to have to be 160 bucks. But you are going, the very fact that you did a $160 job is going to make a mark on them. It will. And because you did a common job in an uncommon way, which means that you did more than what you were paid to do, it makes that task sacred for the next person that they hire. And that next person comes in and does an $80 job for 106, you know, does, does an $80 job. And they're like, you know what? I like the first guy better. That's right. And they'll invite you back. That's right. And then the character piece, to your point, David, is why we're in business here. It's right. equally important that we would actually be developing not just our character, but inspiring other people to raise the standard of their living as well. Exactly. And when they see the example, they see the testimony that we deliver, it speaks to them louder than That's just right. about anything else. We're going the wrong direction here, Larry, in terms of where our nation is going. So we've got to reawaken business owners, entrepreneurs, anybody really that's got a job to recognize you're valuable. You're created right. by God, just as our founding documents have said, with certain inalienable rights, and you have the ability to bring value. And when you do that, make sure that your goal when you own a business is to exceed expectations. That Good. will prove you extremely valuable. All right, let's wrap up this episode of Expert Ownership. I want to encourage you. One, if you're not already in the owner suite, Please jump online, take a look, explore the owner suite. It's where we post all of our latest materials, all of our latest videos, productions, broadcasts, research. All of our material that's new starts in owner suite, and it's a great place for you to find a community of people who are just like you, who are probably building businesses and platforms and brands, and ask questions, learn, and frankly, you're going to be a part of building this with us. So we're going to expect you to answer a few questions along the way. Where do all they right. find Where do they find owner suite? Well, they can jump online, expertownership.com. Well, that was good. All right. All right. Don't forget impact over income and maybe both in the future. Just get the order right. See you next time.